and welcome to the latest Herbert Smith Freehills Private Wealth and Charities podcast. I'm Richard Norwich, a partner in the London office of HSF. I'm joined today by two colleagues, Julia Bahari, who you may remember from previous editions, and Mark Adair. These podcasts are often about the latest legal developments springing from new case law from around the world. But today we're going to do something a bit different. Today we're going to have a chat with Mark. Why? Well, Mark's a very interesting person and he's recently qualified into our subgroup here at HSF. But Mark had a previous career, which I personally find fascinating, a career which on its face is very, very different to the law. However, I think there are useful lessons and insights we can glean from Mark's previous experience. But before we hear from the man himself, let's hear something of Mark's previous work. Now, for some people, that will be new. Uh, For others, it will be very, very familiar. That is the signature music of the English Premier League, one of the world's most high-profile and well-supported sports leagues. Uh, I think Mark tells me that that is the uh, music which is played before every game in the stadium (coughs) and is also the the signature tune which is used for a lot of the Premier League uh, broadcast. Uh, And for people like me who spend too much time honing their fancy league teams, this music will be familiar from the start of all of those tips videos. Anyway, before we go into that piece of music and and Mark's work more generally, Mark, why don't you just tell us a bit about your background? So I started off... um at school, I suppose, with sort of music and learning piano and guitar and that sort of thing. And sort of that, that developed over time into uh, to a point where I realised that my, my performing skills were perhaps not quite what they needed to be to become a professional uh, sort of pianist or guitarist. But mm. I, I did love composing. Um, I played in various sort of jazz bands and all sorts of other bits and pieces at high school and uh, went and studied um, music at university at King's and uh, sort of focused on, on composition there. So composing is quite different to learning how to play an instrument. Yes, it? yeah. I'd still say sort of it's fairly essential to be able to play an instrument. Mm. Um, in my case, and, and probably most composers' cases, piano is the, the most important mm. one. Um, and I do a lot of my composing sort of at a piano, quite often plugged into a computer. I think it's a sort of about being able to conjure up music in your head and sort of know what instruments are available and being able to compose for those instruments by hearing them and what those sound like and knowing what they're capable of. So can, can you hear that. them in your head? Can, can you can kind of imagine what things will sound like? Yes, yeah, in the same way that anyone can effectively hear sort of, you know, if, if you recall a tune that you know and love, you can sort of hear it in your head. But I suppose it's sort of being able to sort of imagine music and sort of what it would sound like in your head as well um along with sort of playing around and experimenting at the piano or otherwise you know um so yeah so then after after university i went on and um sort of set my sights on composing for the screen um sort of young ambitions of being the next hans zimmer or john williams or or whatever like a lot of a lot of other composers in that position um and sort of over time just sort of built up my career on a on a sort of freelance basis and uh, ended up writing for film tv advertising and brands and all sorts of other things um and uh and yeah it was it was a really enjoyable career um got to a point where 
uh, I wasn't about to jet off to LA and and try and sort of chance my hand at, at, at things over there. And uh, I decided to uh, to have a change of tack and uh, and retrain as a lawyer. So for someone like me who is not musical, mm. um, I didn't learn any <laughs> musical instruments growing up. Uh, my wife is at the other end of the spectrum and is is very musical. I'm fascinated by the idea of, you know, how does this whole creative process start? I mean, I'd, I'd be petrified if someone came mm. to me and said, we need a piece of music for this advert or for this TV programme or film or, or the Premier League. And we'll talk about the Premier League one more specifically in a minute. Mm. How does it begin? How does that creative process begin? It, it is helped by the fact that you're writing for something. And that was part of the reason why I sort of wanted to go into screenwriting. I wanted to be part of a team working on a whole piece of well call it art in some circumstances but you know where you sort of have the director and the editor and you're you're sort of the music you've got actors and so on and so forth and uh, and it kind of actually gives you sort of a hook to um to sort of start with you know you're trying to achieve effectively you're trying to achieve a sort of an emotional response uh from 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 the music which sort of enhances the the piece as a whole uh the, the film as a whole um, and quite often uh, the director will have an idea of what they want to achieve through the music and in many cases will be at the point of editing a film and they may have some sort of temporary music that they're sort of editing to where they say, you know, this is sort of sort of works, this is sort of the idea I have, you know, something a bit like this uh, and you quite often hear it and think, yeah, okay, that that, that sort of works but you start to have ideas at that point, especially just sort of watching it and, and, and hearing what they're talking about. And, uh, and so that's, that's really sort of the starting point where you start to think of ideas and sort of almost immediately may have, have some ideas as to how to enhance things and make things better. Uh, other than that, it's about sort of sitting in a studio with a piano in front of you with sort of your range of instruments, samples, etc., on a computer because a lot of it is done sort of in the box, as it were, these days, um, unless there are big budgets when you can end up going and recording the thing and making it sound even better. But um, um, And you'll just sort of play around. You might have some sort of new sounds or some interesting ideas that you want to experiment with to sort of to give it a sort of an interesting hook, something something original, um, and, and it sort of goes from there. So you'll have the film in front of you. You, you sort of quite often try to sort of match the pace of, you know, the, of the edit, which, which may be... Uh, similar pace to sort of the, the temp music that's been in there and uh, and you go from there so it's obviously a very artistic creative process and you've got lots of artistic creative people involved <laughs> in that process does yeah. that create a clash in terms of different expectations yeah. and, and hopes for what's going to be achieved it, it can do um, the best scenario is when you're working with sort of one person with sort of a firm idea and at least then even if you um, disagree with them you can have that debate you can suggest other things quite often you, you may see and hear what they're sort of thinking and, and they they may have sort of a bit of a narrow view on it and have not considered other types genres of music and quite often you you, you may initially either try something different yourself or or find some various other tracks and sort of try laying them against the film and say well have you considered the effect this might have on the scene or, or something like that um, you know it might be something completely different and and sort of out there and maybe they'll go for it maybe they won't but uh, it's sort of a, a dialogue I think 
it gets more difficult when you have more creative people all trying to sort of have their opinion uh, where you may have the director and a producer and uh, if, if it's sort of within the sort of the advertising world you'll you know have various creatives at the agency uh, you'll have the client who have their ideas and and, in, and quite often the director may be trying to achieve something bold but the client may want things to be a little play, played a little safer um, in those circumstances it can be quite difficult to sort of sit between the two and not end up with something that's sort of a bit watery. Mm. You mentioned before about having different genres of, of music do you create in, into a specific genre that you like or do you cover a whole broad range of different genres? Um, so I sort of go for the broad range approach uh, only because uh, when you're starting out in this career and quite often when you're <laughs> at any stage of your career uh, you don't really say no to any jobs on the basis that they want a particular type of music one that you can't, can't be too precious about can't, no absolutely so uh, if someone wants uh, some music for uh, to play in the background of a lift uh, not that I've done that but uh, <laughs> certainly for the right price I might consider it um, at the same time so as you heard with the Premier League music that's sort of a drum and bassy cross with the XX I don't know if you've heard of them but anyway that's sort of one of the influences on that on that track um, at the same time I've sort of composed you know sort of big orchestral stuff for films and um, it was an interesting project I worked on for the the Eurovision Young Musicians competition, which is like a European version of BBC Young Musicians and uh, run by Eurovision, who don't just do the song contest. Um, and uh, I composed a group piece for all the contestants of that, mm. of that uh, competition to, to play as a sort of a little ensemble piece within the, uh, within the show. I remember you, you, you showed me this when we were talking recently, uh, and I remember there being an accordion <coughs> yeah. in, in that group, um, <laughs> which now... I don't know much about music, but I think cellos, I think violins, I think yeah. violas, whatever it may be. But an accordion, did you know much about the accordion? How yeah. do you even then start composing for the accordion? Well, oddly enough, uh, my, my granddad actually played the accordion <laughs> and, and I have his old accordion. I can barely play it and it's extremely difficult to play an accordion because you've got to do about three, four, five different things at once. It's like flying a uh, helicopter, is it? Is it is, it is that sort of, yeah. Um, so I sort of had a bit of an idea about it, but but generally speaking, you sort of, if you know what they sound like and know their capabilities and range and so on, um, even though it's quite an odd ensemble of instruments to be writing for, you can generally find a way to make them all work together and sort of draw on the, the strengths of the different instruments. So, I mean, in, in, in this ensemble, which was sort of governed by which uh, which finalists played what instruments. Um, I think there was even a recorder and a couple of classical guitars as well. So they, my initial thoughts is they all sort of have a bit of a sort of folky element to them. And then, you know, you can treat a violin like a fiddle and, you know, and so on. And, and you can sort of compose something which sort of suits at least the majority of those sort of instruments and incorporates the slightly odder ones in a sort of a workable manner. Uh, to create something which is which is fun to listen to and play. Do you feel they they realised your creative dream in it all? I mean, you, you're, yeah, you're composing absolutely. people presumably you've never met before, yeah. and, and you twelve you know, fairly random selection yeah. of people, bar the fact they're all brilliant musicians, yeah. presumably. Uh, and did it going back to what we were talking about earlier, the way it sounded in your head and the way it sounded in real life? Did they? 
did they marry up? Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was much better in real life. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, no, they really took to it and they really enjoyed working on it. And I, I sort of created something which was a nice big sort of slightly bombastic sort of thing with a big, you know, big ending where they were sort of very loud and big crescendo and all that sort mm. of, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you sort of play to the crowd a little bit and they all get to play together and, you know, get a big cheer at the end of it. So... Um, so yeah, no, it's a really good experience and, and I think we all all enjoyed it very much. So. Thank you so much, Mark. That was so interesting. I think we're going to wrap up this episode of the Private Wealth and Charities podcast for now, but we'll be back very shortly with further reflections on Mark's career in music and law. <laughs>